0: Welcome to the True Condos Podcast with Andrew LaFleur, the place to get the truth on the Toronto condo market and condo investing in Toronto.
1: And now for something completely different. Okay, obviously normally on this show we talk about the Toronto condo market and what's happening here in Toronto specifically, mostly downtown, but occasionally elsewhere, Um But today, we're going to be actually talking about the Detroit real estate market. Yes, the Detroit real estate market. Um, You may have heard the stories of $500 homes and, um, you know, the city has gone bankrupt and uh, millions of people have left Detroit over the past couple of decades. Uh, Detroit obviously has a lot of issues, a lot of problems, but with that, there's always great opportunities. Um, And so it's an area that I've always been very fascinated with. I've never really looked into Detroit very much, to be honest. Um, But I've just been fascinated by the city and by the stories that you hear of, you know, entire neighborhoods being wiped out and uh, millions of people leaving. But at the same time, you've got uh, several billionaires investing in Detroit and reinvigorating the downtown and much like what we talk about all the time here, there is a broader movement happening, not just here in Toronto, but around the world, um, particularly with the millennial generation of people moving back into urban centers and um, taking advantage of uh, life in the city. And people want to be closer to work and closer to restaurants and closer to the amenities of the city. And um, so that, uh, that's happening in Detroit as well anyways uh, wanted to get somebody on this show to just talk about Detroit and what's happening there and what um, uh, you know what what people are investing in and how people are making money from an investment perspective in the Detroit real estate market so on today's program got a um, young man by the name of Darren McCleskey and uh, Darren is um, although he is young he's very experienced in uh, investing in real estate in Detroit and he comes from a real estate family as well he grew up Um, both his parents were realtors so uh, he's just uh, born and bred in in real estate so very smart guy really knows what he's talking about and just very interesting to talk to him saw him on BNN being interviewed a couple weeks back and right away I said I got to get this guy on the podcast to talk about Detroit and so we talked about what's happening there Um, he's got some amazing stories Um, we talked about the the $500 homes and and he's bought lots for uh, you know, one story he told me off the air, he bought a lot for a dollar and he is uh, recently selling that for $11,000. So, I mean, pretty good ROI right there, right? Um, but uh, obviously, there are challenges and unique things that, uh, that are going on in Detroit as well. I have no idea if I will uh, invest in Detroit myself or not. Um, it's really not something I'm actively looking at. But I just find this very interesting, and I just thought that uh, my audience, uh, you guys listening, would find this interesting as well. Drop me a line anytime, of course, with your feedback on the podcast. You can hit me up on Twitter, at Andrew LaFleur. Um, you can send me an email, andrew at com. You can always text me, call me, 416-371-2333. And, of course, you can always find me at TrueCondos.com. So let's get to the interview with Darren McCleskey. Um, He is uh, operating there in Detroit. And uh, the show notes for this episode, you'll want to check out with links to everything that we're talking about um, in Detroit over at TrueCondos.com slash Detroit. So if you go to TrueCondos.com slash Detroit, you will bring up the show notes for this episode. Great. So let's get to the interview here with Darren McCleskey. Welcome to the True Condos Podcast with
0: Andrew LaFleur, the place to get the truth on the Toronto condo market and condo investing in Toronto.
1: All right. It's my pleasure to welcome to the show Darren McCleskey. Darren is an investor. He's also a developer and he's also a realtor who is the developing market specialist at his brokerage firm, which is called The Loft Warehouse. Darren, welcome to the show. Hi. Um, Darren, why don't you start off just by telling us a little bit more about um, yourself, who you are, how you got started in real estate, and uh, tell us more about your company and what you do.
0: Okay, um, I grew up in the suburbs of Detroit, a small town called Pinckney, Michigan, that was very small, had a lot of subdivisions being built at the time. Parents um at at one point or another were both licensed agents, owned a couple of rental properties, built um our primary residence four or five times over. Um and so I was kind of into the real estate market um just growing up. It was a, a dinner time conversation. And then um within my uh, I went to school for environmental engineering. Within that degree, it increasingly shifted towards real estate, brownfield redevelopment, um, all sorts of urban planning studies and things like that. So um, I I worked for two years as an environmental engineer and always took the assignments that dealt with development in urban areas and then um, learned a heck of a lot regarding the tax or commensal financing, different things we have in the states to encourage development in blighted areas and then Went um, full time as a real estate agent uh, just three months ago, and that entire time, uh, while I was in college, started buying property um, on the cheap, anywhere between two and five hundred dollars typically for a vacant piece of land, um, maybe a couple thousand dollars for these homes. And what I typically did was just stabilize the homes, secure them, put a security system on, you know, a cell phone relay. Um, these homes uh, stabilize them as as best I could and get them cleaned up on the outside and then once I graduated I started renovating these homes for rental and I have a couple of rentals right now um, that are cash flowing and um, it's really gone hand-in-hand with why I got my real estate license because I'm realizing there's such a great return on investment and such great opportunity that I need to share it with others I'm not I'm obviously not able financially to take advantage of every deal I come across. So um, that's kind of in a nutshell where I've gone, and what I'm trying to do mostly is create enough synergy, whether it's a specific intersection um, in Detroit of homes that can be bought and and brought back, or whether it's um, like a mixed-use commercial structure that requires additional funding, creating a synergy between multiple developments in an area is what's going to create this effect that um will really will really multiply um rather than having kind of a scattershot of renovated homes having pockets that are that are coming back and vibrant with people that are paying rent and keeping the place clean and everything is what I'm focused on currently
1: okay um I want to talk about like what's happening, in Detroit and sort of your take on the market and you know what what the opportunities are for investors but Maybe you could start by just giving us a picture, um, in terms of numbers, a lot of investors listening to the show and a lot of them like to look at the numbers first and foremost, can you give us some, some numbers on some, uh, a typical investment that you have or that you've done or you work with? Like how much does it cost? You know, what, what is the, what's the play Are you doing going for cash flow or is this just like long-term holds and hope that the values go up, uh, um, what do the numbers look like?
0: Uh, It's so hard to uh, quantify this because things have changed so drastically in the last year even. Um, But I mean, I have an example of a home I bought at the end of uh, 2013 uh, for about seven grand. I put um, almost seven grand into the home while I was living there. So I have, about I would say maybe $15,000 into the house total and I'm getting over a thousand dollars a month in rent. Um, So, I mean, that's, that here in Detroit, it's not even about the ROI or the cap rate. It's almost the simpler number is your break even. Like when when have you paid yourself back? And uh, in general, within a year or two, you can make back your entire investment. Um, and th- that's kind of typical. Things have changed. That home is probably valued at closer to thirty or forty thousand dollars right now, even though I only had fifteen into it. So, um, but there's still properties uh, that. That can be bought for anywhere between 10 and 20, maybe 30,000. That, with just a little work, could be rented for between, I don't know, 1,000 and 2,000 dollars. It really depends. Um, I would say there's a sweet spot. You can buy 1,000 dollar homes all day long in Detroit, but you're going to be putting much, much more effort and money into fixing them up. There's a, a sweet spot of a house somewhere between 15 and and 25 k where you can get a home that maybe is a previous foreclosure had a big mortgage on it for hundred to 200 K back in the day. And someone put new windows and redid the electrical and insulated it and everything. And the value is low, but it's still just in terms of the materials in the home, it's, it's worth it. Um, And then on the other end, in terms of renting, if you just straightforward rent it out to a family, you're not going to get as much if you as if you rented it to multiple students or did something like an Airbnb. Um, you're gonna get a, a higher ROI, but it requires more management and kind of more on the ground expertise as well.
1: Okay, so um what's your preferred like w- what 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 are you looking for right now like what are you you've, you've sounds like you've experimented with a few different types of properties a few different ways of doing it what what's your preferred uh investment method right now
0: My preferred investment is to buy a home that um has new windows has a newer roof has updated electrical and maybe some plumbing repairs but um I typically bought distressed homes in that it's a home that's been abandoned, or it's a home that is about to get foreclosed on for lack of taxes and um I'll approach the homeowner and I'll make an offer and I mean sometimes these homes have water damage or have you know slight defects that need to be rectified, but um I'll buy a home for anywhere between five and ten grand, maybe a little more, and then I'll put about the same amount into renovating it and um, just renting it out. There's there's a huge amount of people who are in downtown and midtown. They want to be closer to where their jobs are. It's not, it's not the same, you know, as, as our parents' generation of commuting into town from the suburbs and that's your life. People want to be where the action is. There's restaurants opening. There's a, a light rail line that's being installed on Woodward. It's just so many people want to be down here now that rent in midtown and downtown are through the roof and there's just an endless i mean it's it's nearly endless supply of people looking to move just a half a mile outside of these zones and they're willing to reduce their rent by 25 to 50% for the same comparable product but um but they're living in an area where you may have bought a house for 10 or 15 grand and they're paying A thousand or fifteen hundred a month and it's still a good deal because it's less than midtown so basically buying a home um doing the aesthetic kind of rehab work with knowing on the front end that it's it's a a solid home and then renting out to this overflow from downtown and midtown that's that's my current that's my main um objective right now because resale values aren't necessarily there i mean i may have a home that's renovated and I have thirty-five or forty into it, but it's really only worth twenty. But I, I'll be getting fifteen hundred a month in rent. So um, it doesn't make sense on a on a value perspective, but in terms of a, a cash flow perspective, it definitely does.
1: Interesting. And how how are you financing these types of rehab type properties? Are you just doing with your cash, or are there financing opportunities available for investors? Are you partnering with somebody? How does it typically work?
0: Yeah, so that's a, a big hurdle in Detroit. Things don't appraise, and even if they could appraise, typically there's issues that prevent them from getting a mortgage. So um, unless you're in very isolated, specific neighborhoods, you will not get a mortgage. In the entire city of Detroit last year, there were about 400 mortgages made. There's 300,000 properties. So. Um,
1: wow, wow, so back it up, back it up. Say that again, that's an incredible stat. City of Detroit, three hundred thousand properties. Did you say in Detroit? Yes. And there were four hundred mortgages issued in two thousand fourteen in the entire city.
0: Yes, it's just it's banks don't like wow because it's so unpredictable. I mean, it, it it's also very hard to get insurance in the city. So um, yeah, cash is the way to go. Um, so far, I've for my own personal investments, I've cash flowed everything. Um, I've oftentimes done a lot of the work myself, really low-key kind of grassroots sort of investing. And then um, just recently, I've started partnering with a couple family members who who themselves were not sold on Detroit until I had a, a cash-flowing property that they visited and were just shocked. I mean, they were absolutely shocked, shocked enough to start partnering with me. So um, that that's happened in the last year and a half or so. And now, um, now I'm starting to work with investors. Um, just from being on an, an BNN, I've had uh, just a huge amount of, of people contacting me. But I'm starting to work with investors. I'm considering uh, creating, like, an investment group or a corporation to, uh, to manage properties. But as of right now, it's just been myself and uh, two family members that I've been purchasing homes and properties with.
1: So do do you uh you live in Detroit yourself?
0: Yeah, I live in a townhouse. I've I've moved five times in the last year, so wow. I've actually I'm living in a townhouse that I bought for two thousand dollars last summer, and I'm putting it'll be about seven grand total into the home, um, and then I'll be moving out into the next project. So I've essentially been living in these homes as I'm working on them. Um, it's not. It's not the best scenario for housemates, but it's, uh, it's, it's fine by my standards. So, um, yeah, I'm living in Detroit right in the epicenter of where I'm investing. It's, uh, it's the best way. I mean, I bought the townhouse across the street and I was helping this lady shovel her, her uh, car out of the snow and she told me she wanted to sell her house really badly. So being in the neighborhood, um, helps in terms of, uh just making friends and neighbors in terms of safety in terms of um helping people sell their homes when they want to and then also buying properties for investment um i i wouldn't have it any other way
1: um you must have some incredible stories and anecdotes to share of your experiences being in some of these uh you know rougher and and uh on the fringes sort of neighborhoods um you know obviously you you like you said you grew up in the suburbs sort of suburban kid and and now you're you know making making some money here in the city in a in a city that's undergoing you know unprecedented um you know challenges but also opportunities uh like do you have any interesting stories one or two to share in terms of um i don't know any interesting characters or events or things that you've you've seen or crime that you've encountered or anything like that
0: my gosh um this the story i told you about the home that i've put about 15k into um oh my gosh i I got the deed from the county it was a county tax foreclosure um i got the deed in the mail i found out after the fact that the previous owner was my neighbor so i was literally buying a property next door to someone who lost it to foreclosure and um and yeah it was i i did I made the mistake of moving some tools into the house, so without a security system and um and I came home from work one day just two days after buying it, and the front door was just beaten down like a battering ram was taken to it, and the electrical box on the back of the house was ripped off the wall, so they wow. cut the electricity and and battered in the front door and took just, you know, a couple hundred dollars worth of tools. But, um, I mean, there's stories like that, and there's just kind of a, a protocol that I've developed on, on the way to do things properly just to protect them safety. And, I mean, I lived there for a year and a half later and never had a problem. I mean, I parked multiple decent vehicles on the street and never had a break-in or anything. My renters love it. They've never had any issues. It's just there's crime, but it's generally isolated, and there's ways to avoid it. Um, there's another house where... I bought it for $1,800, and a neighbor was actually keeping his dog in the home, acting as a dog house, and they uh, let the dog do their business down in the basement. Wow. And basically, I bought this house. I had to perform a cash for keys deal because at the time, he was considered a, a squatter who had rights to the property. Um, I paid him $300 to to vacate and sign a contract. And then I was left with a big mess where I literally spent four days just shoveling crap out of the basement. Literally. (laughs) Literally. Literally. Wow. I mean, there's stories. There's there's like the you know glamorous like cool side of Detroit, but there's a lot of underlying issues. Um, A lot of a lot of uh, holdovers from you know the previous years of. Disinvestment and the downturn and everything else. I mean, there's there's uh, issues regarding that. But then there's 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 wonderful things that have happened too. I mean, I um I adopted a dog that was the stray dog. There's a lot of them in Detroit, and um didn't realize she was pregnant at the time, but she had eleven puppies just uh, about three months after I adopted her. Whoa! Yeah, and I have two of her puppies now, and they're just wonderful. Wonderful dog that I love to death. And um so there's there's silver linings to everything here in
1: Detroit. Wow. Um so what's what is your typical tenant like in these properties that you're you're buying for cheap, you're putting a little bit of money in to sort of bring them up to standard, and you're renting them out. It sounds like uh these are sort of on the fringes of the good areas with a much, much, much more expensive areas the way you're describing it. Um where people are people want to go a little bit further out and get much cheaper rents, uh and they're still close to the action of the city. What who who is your typical ten- tenant or what's your ideal tenant that you're looking for? Describe them.
0: Um, a lot of them have jobs downtown or in midtown. Um uh I mean, for example, in the fifteen thousand dollar home, uh I um it's a, a gay couple one one is an artist and one is the manager of a restaurant that just opened up a really hot and a really hot and hip restaurant over in Corktown and their friend who's a manager at a catering company downtown and um you know I, I screened them I looked at their income I looked at their credit score I looked at all of that they put you know a month and a half deposit down um it's just wh- Splitting the cost. I mean, it's a huge home. It's like, it's a townhouse, but it's. Almost
1: How describe? Yeah, describe. Describe this home. Three thousand square foot townhouse.
0: It's a How, four bedroom townhouse.
1: It's when was it built? Uh,
0: 1912, and when it, it's a true brick home. So it's the, wow. the walls are like a foot and a half thick. It has all new windows. Um, a lot of updates. Um, it has all the floors are have been refinished. Oak floors, mahogany trim beautiful fireplace, um, a walk up basement. Uh, it's just, it's a, it's a great home. That, that
1: How many bathrooms?
0: It's just one bathroom.
1: One bathroom, four bedrooms. Okay. Yeah. And so there's uh you have a, you have a couple and you have another single person and the three of them are living there.
0: They're living there together and
1: they're, and they're paying you like how much they pay you in total?
0: It's a thousand dollars a month.
1: A thousand dollars a month. Okay.
0: And they split it equally. So basically, um, basically, it's it's very minimal compared to their previous locations. They were paying between four hundred and a thousand dollars a month individually elsewhere, and in a you know much smaller space that that wasn't as uh, well maintained. So um, so for them it made sense. For me, it obviously made sense, and um, everyone's happy at the end of the day
1: and how far how far of a walk like how far of a walk is it to the the action of the city, so to speak like the the places where people wanna be and where where there's a lot of things happening I,
0: It's not a walk
1: it's not a walk
0: it's probably three quarters of a mile biking distance from some of the action. it's probably a mile and a half from the the heart of all the action so It's, um, Detroit's very, it's like rings, so to speak.
1: Okay. So if, if you, okay. So if you're, you, you paid virtually nothing for that house, it sounds like a beautiful, uh, century home, brick home. Like you said, uh, if you wanted to get the same home right a mile away, right in the middle of the action, how much is that costing you? Uh, so
0: there's a, there's a home right in midtown that's similar. It's it's more loft like, but similar square footage. Um it's on the it's called the Springfield Lofts that has, you know, a garage, very very similar layout and everything. Um it sold last summer for $370,000. Wow. Yeah, and that's probably 2 miles away. But you can walk the things. I mean, you can walk a, a block or two away. Um, the homes around it are a little better maintained um, and it, it, that home was valued at $117,000 three years ago and now it's 370. so that's the kind of appreciation we're seeing in downtown and midtown here in Detroit
1: um, wow. you
0: go up Woodward a little bit and it's just an incredible value but the thing is this home is on Westminster Street in Detroit it's one block off of Arden Park which is one of the top 3 premier subdivisions. I mean there's mansions that are limestone and 8,000 square feet just one street over. So buying this it's not on the fringe of midtown where it's walkable and there's new bars and restaurants, but it's on the fringe of a very um well-to-do luxury neighborhood and that's kind of it plays off of that a bit. That's why I bought the home.
1: Interesting. So we, we kind of hear two stories of Detroit. One is that the city is, is shrinking. The population is, people are still leaving the city. Uh, and obviously that's never a good thing as an investor looking at buying into a market where people are leaving. Um, you know, and obviously Detroit still has a major, major challenges financially. But on the other side, we hear stories like you're describing where you can purchase properties for virtually nothing and rent them out for, you know, decent rents, $1,000 a month and you're getting, you know, if you start breaking down the ROI numbers, it's just, you know, it's insane what you can get from an ROI perspective. Um, so challenges and opportunities, like how do you see the market overall? Wh- where do you see the market going in the next five years?
0: Um, it kind of goes back to what I was saying about these rings of development in Detroit. You have um, you have areas of blight, and then as you get closer to some of the stable Stable suburbs you have nicer areas and as you get closer to midtown you have nicer areas so there are a lot of areas that are blighted and that are still going downhill not as fast as they were a couple of years ago but they're still going downhill um, and it, it, it's very true and there's two stories there's areas that are seeing I mean a hundred percent per year appreciation for two or three years and then there's areas that are, you know, filled with $500 homes that are burned out, and there's really no hope for those areas. If you look at um, a plan that a bunch of nonprofits worked on and the city has endorsed, it's called Detroit's Future City. You can look it up online. It spells out this framework that is it's unparalleled for really any city, definitely for Detroit. It's a, a way forward in terms of what to do with these areas that are blighted. Um, do they become large-scale forests? Do they become, you know, urban agriculture farm, farmland? Um, do we treat our, our runoff from our combined sewer? Do we separate that and have, you know, rivers and ponds? Um with these these vast amounts of areas that are being depopulated and then um really focus on kind of a, a hub concept where a transit oriented concept where you have denser areas because um, before Detroit filled in there were towns in in Detroit. There were intersections that had little villages that were just engulfed by the expansion of the city. So right. do we go back to where it was where, you know, we have Grand Mount Rosedale with a tiny little downtown and stable housing around it. But then around that, you have forest and, and whatnot. So that's really, in the next five years, I don't see that playing out. But in the next 20 to 30 years, I do. In the next five years, I just see continued growth up Woodward. I see tons of vacant land right around the transit lines, um, seeing infill development. and Hoping in the next five years we'll go a little more mainstream with with financing and getting mortgages and development loans where um, it'll spur development. Um, if you look at an area like Corktown, homes were selling for forty thousand dollars for years. You all of a sudden had people paying cash for two one hundred and fifty to two hundred k for these homes. Um, banks used those homes as comparable sales and started making mortgages, and you had a jump. You had a jump literally in one summer from forty thousand to two hundred thousand dollars for the same type of house in an wow. area called Porktown, so wow. in the next five years, you're gonna see other neighborhoods that get that see that jump where we go from this um really 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 low price investing to just just typical homes that are on par with their actual value so that That's what I see in the next five years
1: very interesting. Um, Darren, anything else you want to add, or anything else we haven't talked about that uh, you think is worth talking about with respect to Detroit's real estate market?
0: Um, in Detroit, there's a lot of deals that probably sound too good to be true, and um, you need to know someone who's on the ground to kind of vet those deals because there's plenty of people who have bought things on the cheap and not realized, you know, really local specific issues with it, whether it's huge water bills that have yet to be put on the tax bill, um, whether it's uh, demolition liens or uh, nuisance abatement that's been occurring. Um, there's if, if you try to just do things, and there's a lot of local people who are willing to sell um, really crap to just make a quick buck. But um, I think what you want to do is partner with someone who knows what they're doing on the ground and knows Detroit well who can help guide you through the process? Because things are very unique. It's a very unique time in the city, and you don't want to just um, you don't just want to spend your money on things that that don't have value long term.
1: That's great, um, Darren. If people want to get a hold of you directly, what's the best way for people to find you um, online or otherwise?
0: Uh, I'd say LinkedIn or Facebook. Just search for Darren McCluskey. Okay. Um, that would be the best way to get a hold of me personally. Great. You can also go, if you're more interested in Detroit in general, um, go to theloftwarehouse.com.
1: Great. We'll sure to include links to uh, to your Facebook and LinkedIn profiles on the show notes for this episode as well uh, over at truecondos.com for anybody who's listening. Um, Darren, I want to thank you very much for your time today. I appreciate it.
0: Okay. Thank you.
1: Great. All right, there you have it. My interview there with Darren McCleskey, um, investor, developer, realtor in Detroit. And I hope you enjoyed that. I hope you found that interesting. And um, yeah, let me know what you think. Send me an email, hit me up on Twitter. Um, leave me a review, of course, on iTunes. Greatly covet that if you want to support the show, if you like what you've been hearing. Uh, if you listen listened to uh, multiple shows here and you're a fan, please leave me a review. That would be great. Um, great. So once again, for the show notes on today's episode, just head on over to truecondos.com slash Detroit, and you can find links to everything that we talked about on today's show. And, um, as including links to get in touch with Darren, uh, McCleskey yourself, if you're interested in talking to him directly. Okay. Thank you very much for listening and have a great week.